Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Cody Jansen with you, Brendan Escott. Much deserved week off so he could head out to BC to be with his family. This is Oilers Now. Roost Chris Steakhouse, greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. The 99th Roost Chris is closed for the next three plus weeks to comply with provincial health guidelines. But Brendan and the staff at Roost Chris are wishing you a safe and happy holiday season and they look forward to seeing you when things open up in the new year. We uh, head off to our headliner for touchback safety. Stay safe on the job while saving time and money with the all new blended learning Courses from Touchback Safety. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. We wanted to wish you a happy uh, holidays. We welcome back to the show Brian Lawton. Brian, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Uh, not bad. Uh, look, there's lots going on. I just want to re- just read a quick little thing that Ian Rappaport has put out uh, involving, uh, he covers the National Football League, involving the Washington football team, because they don't have a team nickname right now. Quarterback Dwayne Haskins' captainship has been taken away following his COVID-19 violation that included him being photographed at a strip club without a mask. His teammates had voted him a camp in camp, uh, captain in camp. This is part of the internal punishment for Haskins. Uh, you know, we're in a we're in a unique time. There's no place to hide anymore, is there, Brian? <laughs> Think back to the mid 1980s. No, that, al- <laughs> uh, that, that almost sounds like a double violation, but uh, of course yes. it isn't. But it certainly is one in regard to COVID. Right. And uh, yeah, there, there, this this is a different world. I I often think back to all the crazy things that happened to me, and I was playing for the Minnesota North Stars. I can't even imagine what happened to the Edmonton Oilers in the 80s when they were on top of the world. But uh, thank God there weren't cell phones with cameras on them because it would have been the end of a lot of careers, certainly in the mid to late 80s and early 90s. Do you want me to share a quick, uh, quick story that will just make you chuckle? Uh, in 1986, I was at a place called Berry Tees with uh, three of my friends. So we were either 19 or 20 at that time. We didn't have a hundred dollars in cash between the four of us. You know what I'm saying? Like we were we were broker than broke, and we left the players alone, the other players alone. And I won't say who did it, but suddenly the server came over, and she had 16 cores light fine Molson product and we're like we didn't order this and we looked over and she goes she goes no you didn't he did and she pointed to one of the hall of famers and the guy just gave us the nod and the thumbs up and that was it and you know what it was him appreciating that we weren't you know what I mean? Infringing upon their spe- like we just sort of hung out there and we're doing our own thing like just out of the blue it was, it was really kind of a cool thing you know how many? Well, that's, on, that's honestly, the, that's the tamest. 
of that, stories yeah. I could think of, Bob. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I got my buddy Mitch, who's currently uh, up in Rycroft listening on, and he's just shaking his head. He's like, I know who that was, Bob. No comment. I'm not saying who it was. But one of the Hall of Famers. <laughs> you know, but... It does speak, the situation with Haskins speaks to a bigger issue. The importance of how disciplined organizations are going to have to be with this return to play protocol uh, at the NHL level. Get tested every day, Brian, and you, you cannot put yourself in a position, uh, where you can potentially embarrass the team or put yourself in a bad scenario, can you? No, absolutely. And we've seen other instances already through COVID-19. It's just such a serious subject, and it's easy to misconstrue that if you're a younger person, even if you're playing in the National Hockey League or the NBA or Major League Baseball or the NFL, like we've seen already. And, uh, boy, society doesn't have a lot of time for this when you're talking about a safety issue. And certainly uh, clubs don't have a lot of time for guys. So it's serious stuff. you got to impress that upon the guys Uh, that's where it's important in my opinion when you're either the coach or the general manager and generally the coach is having a lot more of these types of discussions with players than the general manager the general manager will give an overview let you know it's not acceptable but then it's up to the coach to reinforce it on a daily basis and uh it's it's not an easy one because you know a lot of the athletes feel pretty invincible from covid They've certainly got a lot of math behind those thoughts, but that's not the point. The point is it's dangerous for other people, and you have to take it serious. We're joined right now by Brian Lawton. Brian, we know how stringent the league's uh, rules are with this. The players, Ken Holland, saying every, the other day he, he expected the players to get tested every day, uh, limited uh, traveling parties on team charters, uh, virtually no social interaction on the road whatsoever. I mean, you're, you're going right to the hotel. This is going to be a bit of adjustment for the players, isn't it, once again? Uh, it, it absolutely is. And players see a little bit of this in a normal playoff year where you, you don't lose your rights. You just tighten everything up. Players accept that. Uh, they've never accepted that, let's say, for a 56-game season. So it's going to be a change. It's going to be significant, and there's going to be some guys that really struggle with it, quite frankly. What are your thoughts on the all? I know, I know we've sort of hinted and worked around this before, but uh, the all Canadian division. I mean, it, it can't come at a much better time. I mean, worse. You got to make the best out of a bad situation. That's what we're dealing right now with COVID. Uh, but that being said, there are some tremendous young players in all these Canadian teams. It's a pretty. I mean, Patterson's a star in Vancouver. Matthew Kachuk is an emerge as a star of the Flames. The Oilers have McDavid and Drysaddle. You got Matthews and Marner of the Leafs. Ottawa's got a Kachuk there in Shabbat. The Canadians still have carry. This, this should be a lot of fun, shouldn't it, with Canada? Yeah, it, it really should. I was actually talking to one of the coaches of a team in the Canadian division, not Dave Tippett, who is a good friend of mine, but one of the other guys. And the first thing they said is, this is going to be nuts. The Canadian media is going to go wild over this whole Canadian division. It's going to add a whole other element to our jobs, and I do agree with that. I think uh, the interest will be through the roof throughout Canada. The media is already over the top by a normal player standard when you're playing in Canada, but an all-Canadian division, it's going to be incredible. Brian, uh, no Connor McDavid. He's generally regarded the best player in the world. He will not play in the United States this year. Will that hurt the NHL? 
Um, not as much as you might think on the surface, because I think he'll be available for viewing quite a bit in the United States this year. When it's all said and done, I think those types of things are going to be reworked. Um, you know, ideally, people would like to see him. We've had this debate before when we used to have different alignment and divisions and things like that, and conferences and teams weren't seeing certain players enough. So you know it matters. You know it's an issue that's come up. There's nothing you can do this year. I have no doubt the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid, they will be featured more than any other year in the history, in my opinion, of the league this year in the United States. Right now, Tampa Bay is about seven and a half million dollars over the cap. They got to get Sorelli done. I realize that Kucherov may be delayed to start the year, but seriously, how are they going to get this done long term? Long term, nobody knows. Uh, you had to, you know, that's the one thing that fans and and even as a maybe a rival general manager, you recognize that there's just certain things that you don't know. You only know what you know. And at the end of the day, I'd say Julian Brisebois was obviously well ahead of what was going on with his players and the potential of this. It solves a short-term issue, but it doesn't solve a long-term one unless there was maybe some knowledge that Kucherov wouldn't play all year. You could, in theory, risk it. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be injuries to players that are making a lot of money on Tampa because they have a lot of them just like the Toronto Maple Leafs do, and you're going to be able to fill in in the back end. But I've never seen anybody come in as risky as some teams are considering this year with those types of short-term answers. It's going to bite somebody in the rear end. I'm going to say right now you're going to see a number of teams playing games with less than a full roster. So that happened in Calgary about five years ago. They only had 16 skaters in a game. Could Vegas be one of those teams? Uh, Vegas would be a potential candidate. Certainly the Toronto Maple Leafs would be a potential candidate. Certainly the Tampa Bay Lightning would be if Kucherov comes back anytime short term. Uh, It's going to be different. It's going to be unique. It's permissible within the rules. Um, But I I don't know how you handle that long term. In a 56-game season, the number of back-to-back games are going to be I think we're susceptible to more injuries than usual, not less, even with less travel. Just the number of games in the short season, the shortened prep, is going to heighten that awareness, in my opinion. So, you know, all bets are off for this year. Brian, uh, the Ottawa Senators really loaded up with some toughness. Now, they got some young players, and they want to protect the kids. Calgary's still got, you know, Kachuk, and I think he played a lot more maybe honestly uh you know he, he kind of took the fight to the jets in that opening round series right from the the first shift against blake wheeler he took on cassian after he kind of you know turtled the, the two prior times but calgary's got some toughness and some size does edmonton have enough between darnell nurse on defense jujar care up front uh, zach cassian or is it less like what's your? Because these scenes tend to kind of swing back and forth a little bit. You know what I mean, Brian? Yeah, I, I do know what you mean. And you know, if I really looked at the personalities and the traits of the coach and of the general manager, Ken Holland was the only general manager for a long time that was not really employing anybody in that right. category and having a tremendous amount of success. I might add, certainly for a while before it turned the other way. You know, as Detroit eventually stepped down from a 25-year incredible run. Um, 
But I don't see that bothering a guy like Ken Holland because it's been in his DNA. It's his views of the game. Uh, the Oilers, in my opinion, and with where the game is at today, they're just fine. You just don't see it explode the way it used to. An explosion is like a pop gun now compared to what it used to be. And I think that the Oilers will actually benefit from that because you're not going to be able to have a lot of extra guys around that maybe just fit that specific role. Zach Cassian is as tough as anybody in the league. He also can play. Darnell Nurse doesn't play as tough as anybody in the league, but he can when he has to, and he certainly steps it up when it comes to anybody picking on his good buddy, Connor McDavid. So I think they're just fine, personally. Yeah. Uh, the Oilers might need uh, Darnell to maybe get up to 24 minutes. Now that we know, I mean, the Oilers have been, you know, Ken Holland said on Oilers now uh, on Monday, he confirmed Oscar Clefbaum gone for the year. You know they've been playing, because I know you've had conversations with Tip, uh, you know that they've been planning this way all year long. Just give me a thought on Caleb Jones and maybe where he can go as a player. Uh, Caleb Jones, to me, is a guy that can end up being a number four D, can, can legitimately make it as a top four guy. I'd spoken to a lot of general managers in the past, and they'd asked me about a D that I maybe thought you know, wasn't full value yet but could get there, and I would always say Caleb Jones. The fact that he's so inexpensively paid makes him twice as valuable and even another reason why you'd want to take risk on absorbing a guy like him. So I think he's a really important guy for the Oilers. I truly believe he's got the ability to play in the top four. Uh, he's a transition D. He's not gonna. He's not going to be great offensively. Um, he's not going to be your number one shutdown guy, but he's a guy that can eventually eat some serious minutes. You know, Caleb's done a nice job of really, you know, just maturing as a young guy. He's had some issues, um, not only on the ice, but off the ice. Right. I think he's really cleaned that part up of his maturity, and I think the Oilers are going to be the benefactors this year, and I think he will be long-term. He's on, you know, a nice contract now that kind of gives him a little more security. Now you got to see if he can grab a hold of that, earn himself his way up the lineup, and then he should be off and running for uh, hopefully another eight to ten years. I just think he's a valuable guy. Uh, I hope you're right. That'd be a great fourth-round pick for Edmonton. Speaking of fourth-round picks, um, Carter Savoy went in the fourth round of the Oilers this year, 2020, out of the Sherwood Park Crusaders. He had 53 goals in 54 games. I know that I'd spoken to a couple actual man uh, managers around the league that thought he could be uh, a second-round talent. He's... Uh, as of yesterday, he was leading the NCAA in goals and power play goals. He's got seven goals in ten games, four power play markers for Denver, which is traditionally a pretty good school. They've had a tough start. Is this a different year in the NCAA? Like, is or do those numbers mean something? Uh, when a guy's, you know, a kid's a legit, he's still only eighteen, so he's a legitimate freshman, and he's come in there and he's gotten off to a great start to the season. Uh, they definitely mean something. He started red hot, obviously. Uh, that's been the key. He's got to prove that he can carry that forward. We're watching a guy like Owen Power, who had a great start for Michigan as well. Uh, and then things get a little bit tougher traditionally for the younger kids, the true freshmen in the NCAA. But if Carter can continue that, it's, it's a great sign. I don't want to kind of poo-poo it, um, right. but I'd like to see a longer run of that type of play. If that is, in fact, what happens, uh, that's going to be a fantastic pick for the Oilers. 
Uh, Owen Power, by the way, I mean, I think he'll go on. And for me, he's unquestionably the number one player right now for next year's draft. Yeah, we had Dylan Gunther on the show on uh, Monday. And Bob McKenzie from TSN, he does that scout sort of review around the league. And they had him third for the draft, the highest drafted player on a Canadian major junior. Brian Lawton joining us right now on Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you, along with Cody Jansen. Uh, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be interesting because when you see the goals that Savoy scores, that Carter scores, he's a one-touch score. He doesn't need any time to put the puck in the net. And I, I, I kind of, you know, to me, those guys are kind of like, I know Edmonton got him in the fourth round. If he turns out to be an NHL player in the fourth round, it's a great pick. But it's, you know, that's that's not necessarily a trait that every player has, that ability, the puck's on a stick for half a second, and bing, it's in the net. There's just some guys that have that and some guys that don't, Brian. Yeah, there are, and there's some guys that, you know, it's interesting. You watch them at the younger levels, and you see some things you like, but there's also some reasons why you get picked in the fourth round, some things that you don't like, and then they move up the next level, and all the things that you loved about them, they can do at that level to a surprising amount for a lot of guys. That's when you know you've got something really special. I think Carter's got that type of potential. Uh, It's just a little early for me. To be pounding the drum for for sure. So far, it looks really good. Looks really well, good for the Oilers. No doubt I, I, about that. I'm going to give you a guy, and I mean the numbers were ridiculous for this player. Not ridiculous, right? And he did play two years in the NCAA. He scored 105 goals in 57 games for Penticton back in the 80s. Then he went to Minnesota Duluth. Hung out, hung out at the warehouse. I've been there too. Uh, sort of slowly worked his way into the NHL, and then was an unbelievable score. And that was Brett Hall. And some of the concerns, and I'm not saying Carter Savoy is going to be Brett Hall. I'm just talking about sometimes we underestimate where guys can go, and we don't bet on people and how much they can improve. You know what I mean? And in Brett's case, he got serious and became, you know, arguably of his generation, uh, you know, kind of supplanted Yerry Curry and Mike Bossy. He was the best goal scorer in the NHL in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, he absolutely was. And there's always a story behind that stuff. I played with Brett on a Canada Cup team a number of years ago, and he was the extra forward early on in his career. I remember looking at him going, what is wrong with you? Like, you're the, one of the best players out here, and you're the extra forward. It was just a matter of cleaning up, you know, really his trying to think of the right way to say it, how serious he took being a professional as a younger player. Once he did that, uh, it was lights out. And he was having success at that time in the minor leagues to an incredible way, 60-something goals. I think he was playing in Moncton back then, wherever Calgary's farm team was. And uh, I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. I couldn't believe this guy wasn't, you know, already elevated. It was very shortly thereafter that it all came to fruition. So, uh, absolutely, those stories happen. They don't happen enough, but when they do, they're incredible. Always bet on people. I think that's the theory. Hey, I just got to uh, na- the na- the Nashville Predators finally got going today, and it's almost like they took a page out of David Poyle's past because I always thought when the Preds were a really good organization, they found players you know, later in the draft and later in free agency, and lo and behold, they get Granlund and Hall up. And, I mean, there were people that thought Eric Hall was going to get a three-year deal in the $3 million a year range, and they get him at one point. So I would assert two decent signings by Nashville here over the last 24 hours, Brian. 
Yeah, really, uh, certainly inexpensive by what would have normally been. Um, you know, Eric, unfortunately, didn't uh, necessarily help himself tremendously last year after his trade. So people are a little bit down. Um, people are uncertain. There's a lot of players, quite frankly, that are getting below what their market value is, but they recognize it's a shortened season. Just put yourself in a position or in a place where you think you can succeed and go from there. We could say Tyson Berry, to a degree, did that. Uh, you know, his number is not stepping down like that, but he certainly, in my opinion, took less to put himself in a really strong position. Uh, eventually, what's going to happen, though, Bob, is some of these guys are going to really start to get nervous, and you're going to see them coming in at the minimum amounts. The guys that realize we're playing musical chairs, we're late in the game, and the music is stopping, and there's not enough chairs left for everybody. So this is just one of those years where the market's going to completely crater it is cratering already for a lot of players. You have a couple left, like the Mike Hoffmans, that are trying to buck that trend. Uh, but it's not going to be easy. Uh, there's been It's been really interesting. Uh, Matt Murray was a guy I thought was really potentially in trouble last year. And it, it worked out incredible for him. Ottawa stepped in, yeah. signed him to a long-term deal, gave him less than probably what a two-time Stanley Cup winner maybe what a thought his worth was, but for what the market was, that was a remarkable deal. Brian, you are the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to get you to be the GM of the Edmonton Oilers. I think the Oilers need to sign a veteran left shot D. Just to have a little bit more depth because of the compressed schedule and the potential challenge with COVID. Who would you rather have between the following two players? Slater Cuckoo or Ben Hutton? Uh, that's a really good question. You know, the, the first point I would make is that you're going to get a bargain on both these guys, an incredible bargain because of what we were just talking about. Um, there's a lot of things I like about Ben Hutton. He is susceptible at times to a little bit more of a dramatic error, and that can negatively impact how people view players um, because when it, when it happens, it looks catastrophic. And uh, that might chip him down a little bit, and yet I still think his overall game is pretty darn good. So it's not going to make sense, but if both players were equally priced, I would sign him first. So you'd sign, sorry, Button or uh, Cuckoo? Hutton. You'd sign Hutton? I would, even though I think that it's a little bit overblown in terms of you know, obviously I talk to a lot of scouts and sometimes I hear things like he makes one big boo-boo every game. Yep. And uh, people tend to remember that more than all the other consistent good plays. I think that's probably hurt him more than anything. He's had a couple chances to execute on longer-term deals. That's going to sting a little bit for him personally. You know, um, for the last couple of years he's had opportunities. But you got to just, today is today and you got to make the best of it. Uh, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to play for a number of years. I think he'd be an excellent signing for the Oilers. Brian, we love having you on the show. I uh, hope you get a chance to spend some time with your family uh, over the holidays, and we'll maybe hook up next week, okay? Fantastic, Bob. Thank you. You bet. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network.
And we're going to head right now at uh, 1256 in Edmonton, uh, back to the 630 Chet Studios for the Oilers Now Prospect Report. It's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com, and here's Cody Jansen. Well, Olivier Rodrigue, he only allowed one goal on 21 shots yesterday, but his Austrian club Graz lost 2-0 with the empty netter against Dornburner. In the in Czech Republic, uh, Matej Blumel scored for Pardubica in their 4-1 win over Pilsen. Uh, maybe he's a little bit old to be called the prospect, but I'll just add that Adam Cracknell had an assist yesterday in Edgeburg's 6-0 win. He's actually 6 in points per game in the Danish League, and in World Juniors pre-tournament, it's Russia and Canada today. That one features Dylan Holloway. There you go. Well, and we got a couple texts on Dylan Holloway and on Carter Savoy as well. It is 1257. We're going to go off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Come back with David Staples from the Call to Hockey. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.